1: Hey, this is Rick Sanchez and I want to talk to you about one of the things that I think is most important in being able to succeed. This is something that has just, uh, you know, I've almost noticed that when I don't do this in my life, when somehow I get away from this particular um, way of living, I become less successful. I become less fruitful. I become less um, um, confident. I'm not able to do essentially what I set out to do at any given time or on any given day. It's probably, you know, as as strategies go, as life strategies go, when you think of what is the most important thing I can do to make sure that I am a successful human being who is growing this is it to me anyway th- this is it th- this this is the thing right it's, it's 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 that one differentiator that separates the guy or the gal who's really kicking ass from the one who isn't it's not the only thing obviously but it's but it, it really is one of the most important things if not the most important thing and what is it well it's about routine. It's about habits. It's about sameness. And that's what I want to talk about. I'm so glad you're there. I want to welcome you to the Rick Sanchez podcast. Did you hear that? Did you hear what I just said? I'm talking to you. I said Rick Sanchez podcast. You know, for the longest time, we've called this Rick Sanchez News. So we're going to a little bit of a transformation right now that I want to tell you about. Since we have this conversation every day, at least you should understand what we're doing. Let me tell you why we started with Rick Sanchez News. There's a show called uh, Rick and Morty, and there's a character on there named Rick Sanchez. And I was Rick Sanchez before that Rick Sanchez, but it doesn't matter, we don't have to get into it, other than the fact that they stole my name, but whatever. I happened to be on CNN at the time, CNN is uh, owned by Turner. Turner also owns Cartoon Network. And in the same building, they created a second character with the same name as the guy who was anchoring the news on CNN. So I'm anchoring the news on CNN, I'm Rick Sanchez. They start a show on the Cartoon Network in the same building with a character named Rick Sanchez. But of course it was just a coincidence, right? even though we know that the guys who created the show watched me every day, knew who I was, and had actually created other shows with pilots where they used my name, Rick Sanchez, as an anchorman. So I'm humbled that they stole my name. But nonetheless, it makes it difficult. So when I say Rick Sanchez, people go to, you know, thinking they're watching Rick and Morty. And that's kind of been an issue for me, okay? And I think you know that because you and I have had conversations about this in the past, but what it is, what it is. So when we started to have this, this podcast we, we needed to use a name that identified me as a news person and news is important because it's what i've done all my life right i i did the news on cnn and i did the news on on fox and i did the news on nbc and i did the news on nbcsong and i've even done the news on rt so i've been global and local and channel 7 for those of you who guys know me in miami so i've been news all my life we figured let's just call it news cuz then people will know it's me well here's the problem when we identify the show as a news show then all of a sudden, people say, oh, it's news. We, you know, got to stay away from that because he's probably going to talk about Biden or he's probably going to talk about Trump. And if all he's going to do is talk about Trump or Biden, then, you know, we, you know, as an advertiser, I can't put money behind it and I can't market it and I can't sell it and I can't tell people about it because, you know, what if, what if the person I tell him to listen to is not a Democrat or not a Republican and he's talking about Republicans or he's talking about Democrats and that's how we live right now. I mean, this is crazy, isn't it? we're living in a world where everybody's in some kind of little silo and they're afraid. They're either super braggadocious about what they think and they go around telling you I'm a Democrat because I hate such and such. Or I'm a Republican and I hate such and such. So it's gotten to the point where once you dabble there, you're almost self-selecting, self-identifying, and then also inviting untoward criticism. So you know what we decided? Get rid of the word news just get rid of the word news. We're going to call this the Rick Sanchez Podcast. From now on, this is the Rick Sanchez Podcast. So with all of that said, I want to welcome you to the Rick Sanchez Podcast. <laughs> Yay! We're now, we're now the Rick Sanchez Podcast. And you know, one of the things I do want to do, you know, as, as, as a lot of you guys know, I was, you know, born in another country, and I came here as an immigrant, and we were just terribly poor. And Somehow I was able to find my way through a football scholarship to the university of Minnesota. And then that became a journalism scholarship. I became an anchor. I became the main anchor at CNN in prime time at eight o'clock every night competing against uh, some guy named Bill O'Reilly and another guy named, uh, what the hell was that guy's name on MSNBC? It was a famous guy. It'll come to me in just a little bit. Anyway. Um, since then I've also started a company and I've done a lot of things And I've, one of the things that I think I can share. And one of the things I want to share with you, one of the things that I think I can have an understanding with you is, and we can learn from each other in this podcast is what are the essentials that I've learned by screwing up so many damn times? What are the essentials? What are the lessons? What are the things that I've learned that have allowed me to now you know, be the founder of a $4.4 billion company and, you know, be the founder of a company that's, on you know, the trades in the New York Stock Exchange and, you know, be able to say that I interviewed presidents, you know, Reagan and Obama and Clinton and Carter and Castro and Gorbachev and all of those things in my life, right? How did I get to be able to do these things and what have I learned from them? Well, first of all, please understand that if I've done anything right, it's screwing up. Because it's only in failing that I have learned to not fail. And and that's one of the most important things that I would say is a takeaway of my life. And and it's all been through trial and error. I'll give you an example. I mentioned a little while ago that, I mean, I'm from South Florida. My parents had no money. I couldn't go to school, but I got a football scholarship. So I went to Minnesota. And I went to Minnesota with two of my buddies that I played high school football with. One of them was named Charlie. One of them was named Donnie. And when we went to play football in Minnesota, imagine, I grew up wearing sandals every day. We were in shorts, we were in sandals, we were wearing jeans and Hawaiian shirts, and all of a sudden, the three of us are thrown in Minnesota. No less, Moorhead State University, which is right next to Fargo, North Dakota. You can only imagine how terribly cold that is. And I'm with Donnie. Let me tell you something about Donnie. Donnie was this chipmunk-faced, blonde dude, with great blonde hair, very pale skin. You know, he was my one of my best buddies. He was a fullback on the football team, built like a brick shithouse. Big butt, big shoulders, big arms, big muscles, all the way around, and just a great athlete, fast as lightning. And he went up there to the university, uh, to, to Morehead State University with me, and he was going to be the fullback. I was a little fast guy who ran back punts and kickoffs, and I was a slotback. And Charlie Meredith was a defensive end, big guy, six foot five, super strong as well. And the first thing I noticed when I went to the University of Minnesota was as it started getting cold, Charlie started putting on a lot of jackets and he was all dressed up and he changed himself, right? It was the three of us sitting there and all of a sudden we're in Fargo, Minnesota, Fargo, North Dakota, practically, Moorhead, Minnesota, which is across the river, the Red River, And one of my friends is really getting into this big jackets and parkas and hats and gloves and the whole nine yards to walk to class, like all the other people who live there. Donnie, on the other hand, he was wearing flip-flops in the snow. He's wearing flip-flops in the snow to get to class. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, two different personalities. What was Charlie doing? Charlie changed everything that he was about. He changed his habits and he changed his routine. And I kept noticing that Charlie was not the same Charlie that we were when we were in high school. And of course, we all should adapt and we should change. But there's something to say about what Charlie did. Charlie, I noticed, started becoming less of who he was. He changed his habits. He changed his routine. He started immediately to become something else. And in the process, I kind of I felt like Charlie kind of lost himself a little bit. Charlie kind of lost himself a little bit. And he, you know, started doing things that I didn't think were appropriate. And not long after that, Charlie was gone. He couldn't hack it. He didn't, I don't think he lasted a month in school with the rest of us. He cut. He was gone. Donnie, on the other hand, who was wearing flip-flops and shorts to class when it was snowing and everybody would look at him like he was weird, he hung in there. And I I thought to myself, there's a lesson here and there's a life lesson here. There's no one thing that you can do. Hear me out here. There's no one thing that you can do that can make you more powerful and more important to yourself, to the value you bring to yourself. And that's important. The most important thing, you. we're going to talk about this a lot, value. What is your value? Know your value. Then your routine. If, if you get up in the morning and you do certain things a certain way and you do them every day, there's a good chance you're going to be successful. If you're constantly changing that routine, there's a real good chance you're not going to be successful. That's why people who drink too much have problems. They can't get up in the morning, so they can't get into the routine. What they do at night determines what they're going to do the next day. And by doing something wrong the next day or different, it screws you up. You lose your balance. That's so important. So think about what Donnie did, right? Donnie eventually did, obviously, start wearing shoes, but he didn't do it right away. He hung on to who he was. And a lot of times we make that mistake in our lives where we think, well, you know, I've got to be a completely different person. And I've got to do a completely different thing, and I'm going to change everything I do. Don't. I think there's a, I think there's a lesson from somebody like Donnie. He hung into what he was doing because it was his routine. He would get up in the morning and he wore flip-flops. Okay, keep wearing flip-flops. He would get up in the morning and he liked to wear, you know, straight leg jeans and and a loose shirt. Maybe he would throw on a sweater and eventually he threw on a jacket and eventually he threw on the gloves and eventually he threw on the hat. And that became his routine. But he didn't rush to change his routine. He didn't allow himself to become imbalanced. You know, I think that's so important. I've used that. In my life, I wanted to always be more of a Donnie than a Charlie when it came to what I did in my life, because that's, you know, in the end, what could be more important than knowing who you are, knowing what you're going to do and being comfortable with your routine and your expectations. Throughout my life, I've noticed that whenever I've been very successful and can I throw in another word? And I think you're going to agree with me on this. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, it's not just successful, it's happy. When are you the happiest? Is it when you're not sure what you're doing? When your schedule is all over the place? When one day you're waking up at five in the morning and the next day you're sleeping till noon? Is that when you're the happiest? Or or are you the happiest when you know what time you're going to get up every morning and you know what kind of coffee you're going to have in the morning? And you know that you're going to eat lunch at a certain time. And you know that you have certain meetings in certain places on a certain computer or on a certain Zoom or on a certain friend and on a certain building and a certain drive. And that routine makes us. Now, I'm not here to say you should never change and you can't do things that are exciting from time to time. And you should change your routine from time to time. Just know when you're doing it. You know, one of the famous writers who I learned so much from. He used to work uh, at the Miami News in the old days. He was one of the greatest writers in America. He once wrote for the Boston Globe. His name was Tom Archdeacon. Tom Archdeacon was so successful. So he was asked once, what makes you such a great writer? You know what he said? He said, I always know what time to get up in the morning and I always know what time to head to work. But at least one day a week, I take a different route. Because that's what keeps me fresh. So, yeah, you know, while we argue that we should know our routine and know ourselves, from time to time you should throw yourself that curveball because it's that curveball that's going to allow you to become good at what you do. I, listen, I've used this in my life when I, when, 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 when I helped my partners, and in five and a half years, we were able to build a $4.4 billion company. And for me, it was about knowing what my place was and what my routine was. I knew what time I had to get up. I knew what time I had to write. I knew what I had to do as the chief marketing officer of the company to create the right messages every day. Then I knew how to measure those those, those, those messages to see what we were getting back. And that was my lesson in business. One of many, by the way. But it's important. And I think what we're this is the Rick Sanchez podcast. I see it now more, yeah, we're going to talk politics. It's important. Possible not to these days, but not to the point where we're going to come at it from a partisan standpoint. I think there's a lot to learn in politics. There's a lot to learn in particular about what's going on right now with the midterms coming up and with the expectations of how Latinos are going to vote. We, Latinos. I know this story, perhaps as well as anybody, because I've been following it now for, what, two decades? And I've been talking about it when I've been on CNN and on Fox and on NBC and on Univision and all those other places. So these are the kind of the stories that we can learn about. What is that audience? How do you talk to that audience? And what do you need to say to it? That's too general to get into specifics. So I'll leave it with that. What I want to do now is I want to introduce a couple of people who I think are very exciting. And and from time to time, I think it's important for us to talk to other Latinos who are breaking through, right? I mean, we're what, the fifth biggest GDP economy in the world right now? And there's a lot of Latinos in the United States, despite what some politicians, including Nancy Pelosi recently or Carrie Lake recently, say about Latinos that, you know, that maybe we're bringing drugs or maybe we're only here to pick fruit and vegetables. But in actuality, Latinos are the economic engine of the United States right now. So I think the best thing we can do with this podcast is actually show who are. What are the parts to that economic engine? Who are the people in America who are making a difference? Not just picking fruit, not that there's anything wrong with picking fruit, but also the people who are creating messages, who are creating content, who are doctors, who are lawyers, who are business people, the Latinas and Latinos who are driving this economy in the United States right now. I'll tell you who two of them are. Juan Alanis and Angelica Casares. He had a podcast called Juan of Words. She had a podcast, if not you, then who? Now their combined podcast is called The Business. And they're good enough to join us now to talk to us. Juan Angelica, it's so good to see you. How you guys doing? You look look at you, you beautiful little married couple, you. (laughs) We're doing well, we're doing well. You know, um, it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun. When I listen to your podcast, I almost get this interesting sharing amongst yourselves this energy. And I guess I've been, my, my wife and I've been married now for what, 33 years. So we're constantly cracking on each other. And you know, it's funny because some people, when they see my wife, I got a partner who recently business partner, we were on a boat, we were doing this thing together and I I was, you know, jawing with my wife. Like I always do, you know, or I say things to her like, Oh, you know what? Uh, go tell it to the pool boy or something, you know? And, and I'm kidding. And I'm, he was beside himself. How can you talk to your wife that way? Are you insinuating she's having sex with a pool boy? What What are you, Rick, you can't do, Rick, what's wrong with you? And I'm going like, guy, dude, I mean, th- my. this is what we do. We're constantly, we're, we're best friends. This is how we talk. You know, we kind of mild little fun insults and then we love and then we kid and then we have fun. Some people think that's weird, but I, it's not. When I listen to you guys, Um, hey, let's do this, George Jorge. P- play that cut of them when they're jawing on each other here. I think this is really cute. Oh, <laughs> play this. When you say things like "I was being excluded" or "You're lying" or "You're not being sincere,"
2: then it gives the it uh, gives it gives the, the, it yeah, gives the person on the other side listening that doesn't <laughs> know us <laughs> mm-hmm. the impression that like I'm. Like you're good and I'm bad, or like you're the victim and I'm the oppressor. You can't and, think uh, like that. And it's I think that that's weird. a little misguided. Okay.
3: Okay. You're right. You can think however you please, but I feel like that's that's not the truth. And for me to sit here and say, yeah, we were thinking of names and we could never come up with anything, so we just went with one of words. I'm like, that's not
1: the truth. That's not what happened. <laughs> this is kind of cool. So, so what was going on here, guys? Take me through this.
3: So the whole "Quantum Words" uh, saga was was a thing. So it was we were coming up with the names back in the day, and he kept he wanted to go with his name, and he it was it, the pun was really it's nice, right? "Quantum Words" it like rose yep. off the tongue, and I was like. That's amazing, but you know what? It's not included. It doesn't say Angelica Casares like it at no point. So anyway, it was already branded, and so what happened is that we ended up going with Juan. Where's podcast? And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. You know, I'm not going to put the effort if you're not going to put in the effort. And he's like, all right. So what do you think? Let's let's switch up the name. So anyway, it came to Juan and Angelica in the business, which is what we do. We have this. We have two businesses together, and that's that's what we do together now. It's at Juan and Angelica in the business. But if you've so.
2: listened to our podcast any amount of time. Uh, I think that's pretty typical what you get with us. I mean, we're pretty straight shooters and yeah. we pretty much just kind of say it like it is uh, when we talk to At least when we talk on the podcast, we try to, you know, keep it friendly. But at the same time, we're just kind of honest and yeah. you know, yeah, that's who real. we are. It's
1: real. Yeah. It's transparent. I think it's great. It makes people connect to you. I connected to you right away because I have a similar, yeah. relate. like I said, I have a similar relationship, uh, you know, with my wife and I think that's important. But, you know, but it's true. I mean, I'm just thinking uh, of modern parallels. There's a show on MSNBC, it's called uh, Morning Joe. And the show is called Morning Joe, but it's two people. It's Mika Brzezinski Uh and and Joe Scarborough. But the show is only called Morning Joe, which has always seemed to me extremely sexist. And whenever my wife and I watch it together, she, she can't watch it. Because she says he doesn't give a crap about her. She's not in the title, you know. He talks, and then she tries to get a word in edgewise. And there's this whole dichotomy going on there, which is uh, a weird chemistry. And and I think smartly, that's what you guys were kind of trying to avoid, no?
3: Yeah, yeah. At some point, you have to. You there, there. It can't just be one like. Um but so we we have a lot of mentors and a lot of mentors actually tell us that, you know, when the man dies and when you're in the business and the man dies, actually what happens within the when the, the first two, three years, your business actually goes bankrupt. And I was like, OK, that's I, that's not going to be a thing. I, I want to avoid that. And that's data, that's statistics talking. And I was like, OK, how can we not depend solely on Juan and Juan's name and Juan's brand and Juan's whatever? I was like, it has to be. I have
1: to survive. Si algo le pasa a él, I have to survive. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's no, that's yeah. the way. It is. No, claro, claro, eso es importantísimo. So, um let's talk about the idea of the business. I like that. You know, uh, as you guys may have read something about me, I I I fancy myself as a bit of an entrepreneur and I'm involved in a lot of different things. I love this because as a Latino, I feel that it's important for us to to have a message, which is why I love you guys. But I'd like to learn as you've gone through this process, which I know you share on your podcast. Would you explain to me what have let's start with what has been the largest tribulation for you? What has been um what what has been the best thing that uh you have learned, that you've been able to share, that you feel great about now? Because my God, look what we got, look how we learned, look how we've changed, look what doing this business has done for us.
2: Do you, think, do, you, do you mean like uh, in terms of the business or do you mean like in terms of the podcast?
1: I mean, in terms of business, having a pod, how has having this podcast, which you've turned into a business, how has it helped you become better?
2: I mean, I think the biggest thing for us is that when we, when we started the podcast, it was in 2020, right when the pandemic hit. And so when, when we started, it wasn't something that we actually had planned. I think Angelica had a plan to start her own podcast and then we, we were stuck with all this equipment at home, and I said, You know what? Um, you know what? Let's use this. Equipment. I guess we have a podcast together now, so we're gonna podcast. And so we started doing it just kind of out of, as uh, on a whim, yeah. And uh, and you know, we had been blogging since 2010, so we were like, You know what? Let's transition that blog into a, into a podcast, which is how the name kind of stuck with the same blog and turned into a podcast. But I think what's the for me, what I think has been the most uh impactful is that that really in that time frame the pandemic changed a lot of things so it changed a a lot how people think about creating content and so we were able to take not only creating podcasts but also helping people create other types of original content on their own rather than depending Hmm. on third parties like the media um to put their message out it was really like let's create your let's help you our clients create your own original content that we can then turn around and share with your uh, stakeholders. And that became a big part of our business.
3: So one of the questions to, here, to answer your overall question, sure. what it was what was the biggest takeaway that I can? For the last, we've been in business for the last six years. We completely went on our own to, uh, for the last six years. So we've actually reached that seven-year mark. We reached that threshold, which most businesses like go under, I think at the five-year mark, we reached it. We we're like, okay, what do we do? We knew we were able, we had the capability of being able to brand and brand well but we had a passion for our community, which is how we like launched our second business, which was Market Street Consultants. And that when we hyper-focused with, um, with our nonprofits during the pandemic, a lot of charities kind of like went away and we were like, okay, we don't do, our community needs this. We need our nonprofits to like stick around. So we hyper-focused with the nonprofits with the idea that like the bigger brands and the bigger corporations, knowing that if they do business with us, we're gonna actually do business with the community. So instead of the big pick, uh, ticket price that, um, Larger brands might pay for our services, which we absolutely give and delegate, and we do, I believe, an excellent job to be able to give that to them. We still need to be able to give back to our community, but but pay the employees that we actually hired to do the work. So it was like a win-win for us. I think we've learned that fast that we had the capacity to be able to do more than what we actually thought we were able to do. Yeah, um, because, really and, I, really and, I, and,
1: I, and here's the lesson I think that we're in agreement on, right? And, and maybe this is, if somebody out there is interested in learning about how you grow in business and just as a human being, I, I have found, and maybe you guys will agree with me, I have grown the most when I was in a situation where I had to stretch myself. In other words, yeah. the pain, the anxiety, the uncertainty, mm-hmm creates elevation. When CNN fired me, and I lost my $850,000 salary, which I thought this is all I'm going to do for the rest of my my life is I'm going to go on TV, and I'm going to do the news on CNN and la 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 la. And I'll make all this money. And maybe next year, they'll give me a raise and I'll get, you know, 900,000 or whatever. And then one day they said, you're gone. See you later. We don't want you here. I had to remake myself. And in the process of remaking myself, I had to do something I was foreign to me foreign, like now I'm going to, do a radio show. I've never done a radio show. Now I'm going to have to do a show in Spanish. I've never broadcast in Spanish. So it was that uncomfortableness of fighting through that that
0: made me so much
1: better than what I was before I fell. Does that make sense?
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS?
3: You learn. Absolutely. You learn new skills that you didn't even know you had. You have you have the capacity to do so much with what you know already. And the idea that we know things that that we didn't even know we knew. Have you ever been (laughs) in a conversation with somebody that we thought was the expert? And then you go back and you listen to yourself and you're like, wait, he said everything I already knew. Like, how how is he? I was like, hold on, I might actually be worth more than what I think I am. This is insane. And I do, I get it. It's when you stretch yourself really thin, when you realize your capacities and your capabilities are so much more than what you think they are.
1: Yeah, because you guys are sitting here doing this. You were doing a blog and all of a sudden you're doing a podcast. Well, let me tell you something. Yeah. There are similarities because they both are forms of creating content, but they're also night and day in terms of the delivery system. So suddenly you guys had to say, how do we do this thing? How do we figure this out? And in the process of being confused and uncertain and uncomfortable, you did, Juan. You did, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: And I, and I think that's the thing. I think that this industry shifts very much and it shifts very rapidly. And I think, you know, my, I myself started as a print writer uh, when I started my career. And, you know, that I quickly, you know, learned that that, that industry was shifting and evolving and that journalism as it was before is, was no longer kind of, you know, going to exist for for much for many, many more years. And so I had to quickly transition you know, got onto the PR side and then saw that that industry was shifting as well. So I think that's kind of a, uh, a thing that's happens all the time within what the field that we're in, is that there's always evolution, there's always change. And I think what we try to do and we, what we strive to do is to um, shift and move with the, as things change and as things evolve and not get stuck in, you know, this is the way that things have yeah. to be done, or that this is the way that they've always been done, just because that's the way they've
1: always been done. What yeah. Okay, so we talked about you know, we're doing trials and tribulations here, right? Tribulation, great. You've grown. You've stretched. You've gotten better. You understand the field now. You're successful. Uh, your podcast is fun and cool, and you guys have are having fun doing it. Now let's talk about the trials. What sucks?
3: Time. Time, <laughs> time. I feel like I, you pay, you pay, you exchange time for money. And the fact that we do that sometimes bothers me. Because sometimes we exchange that all the way up until like nine, ten o'clock in the middle of the night, we're still working on the items at two, three in the morning, waking up at seven o'clock that next day and continuing and we don't get the rest. And so what we're actually trading is our health. And that's one of the parts that we're trying to like better ourselves with that. It's difficult because it's all dependent on us. And what, what, uh,
1: what kind, that's the hard part. Th- no, this is a learning experience. And I'm glad you went there because I, I, I kind of, my wife and I have had these same conversations from time to time, and I guarantee you a lot of people listening to us right now are thinking the same thing. When you say time over health, it's interesting you went to health. When you say health, do you mean physical health, mental health, a combination of both? Take me deeper into your, into your thoughts.
3: Absolutely. So the idea that uh, it's just your physical health being like manipulated because if you're not getting eight, six hours of rest, you're not resting. No, it's actually your mental health that's being affected within itself also. It's all tied to the, it's all tied to your system and you can't separate your mind from your body or your heart or your stomach or whatever it may be. You can't. It's one functioning body. If one functioning portion of that body is not doing well, the rest of it's not doing well. So it, it, uh, the idea that we, that we're gonna like, time for money and health, it's, it's a thing, it's a thing, and it's hard in the entrepreneurship space.
1: But you know, Juan, and maybe I'll bring you in with this, and here's what I'm experiencing right now in my life. Um, kind of goes both ways, because there's nothing that makes me more f- thrilled and more satisfied than when I accomplish great moments whether it's a great meeting, maybe picking up or uh, negotiating a new podcast, which we're bringing into our company, Agua Media, or having a great podcast on the air, or doing a really great interview like the conversation that we're having right now, I get a real jolt out of this. This is good. This is this is this is fun. So I like the moment. I like the achievement. I hate the fact that it's causing me to miss out on those moments with my kids or my granddaughter or my wife or that because I'm here, I can't get a workout and I always end up overeating and then having that late night martini. So um, it's, it's great and it sucks at the same time, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like being your, your own boss. And I think that that's kind of a put it in quotations, because I think people think when you're an entrepreneur, that you're your own boss, you don't, you don't report to anybody, but that's not necessarily true. I mean, you have clients that you're responsible to, and that you, you know, you have to kind of, you know, uh, answer to. And I think, you know, the, the good thing is that there's a lot of freedom in that. And I'd and like you, I share like that passion that I'd really like to kind of throw myself into a project, throw myself into whatever it is that I'm doing. And you know, I'm, I kind of don't mind the long hours as long as, you know, the end result is going to feel good uh, and it's hmm. going to make me feel like uh, ha- proud of what the work that we've done. Uh, you know, but to kind of go back a little bit on your question, I think the biggest challenge for me sometimes is just thinking that we're just recognizing that sometimes there are uh, biases out there sometimes that exist, um, especially for for business owners that are minority. They're, and I don't even like using the word minority, but business owners that are of color uh and and particularly business owners that are latinos i think sometimes that because we have a hispanic name or surname that it there may be an assumption that you know we're not as qualified to do certain work mm-hmm. you find
1: that really still i mean you um um no. I, 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 no, I i i i think i'll tell you what i think as a latino right as a latino i believe let them think whatever the hell they want to think of me because no matter what they give me or they don't give me, I'm not going to create that as my standard. My standard is what I believe of myself, and I'm going to find a way to get it. And I want to thank them if they make it harder, because that'll make it better in the end. I almost think there's this overarching thing that we have as Latinos where you fire me, fine, I'll find another job. You say I'm a criminal and a rapist, fine, I'm going to prove you wrong. We just... We don't sit there dwelling on, oh, my God, me dijeron algo feo de mi, que pobrecito, you know. That's not who we are, right? So I get your point that it pisses you off when you feel like somebody's treating you differently, but you're not going to live there, right?
2: Right. No, I think it's called, uh, you can call it grit, you can call it ganas, you can call it ingenuity. But I think that that's something that as Latinos we bring with us, and that we really kind of you, you find one door closes and you kind of figure your way
1: around yep. that door. <laughs> <Chindula>. <laughs> I mean that that that's part of you know who we are, Angelica. Yeah, you know?
3: yeah. We don't at this point we don't have a choice. We don't want to go back to the same. Um, you know, I don't know if I want to find myself looking to see if I have enough hours to take time off during Christmas. I want to be able to do that on my own so at this point I it, this is no longer a choice this is a lifestyle so but, we better but, figure it out. All right,
1: let me make this tough for you though. I'm going to make this tough for you. And uh, there are people who are listening to us right now, and they're probably maybe even a little jealous. Here's a beautiful couple who one day decided they were going to start doing something different. They weren't just going to do the nine-to-five job. They were going to create their own thing, work together, create a podcast, and start making some uh, revenue off of that podcast. And for the most part, you guys have been successful in doing that. Great. But it comes with its own Trials, as we've discussed. Now let's move to the next part of the conversation. If tomorrow I can wave a magic wand and say, Juan, angelica you no longer have to do this podcasting. Stop doing it. It's keeping you up at night. You're not be you're not able to exercise. You're not eating right, whatever the thing is that's affecting how you feel about yourself. Instead, I'm gonna give you each a hundred and fifty thousand dollar job. So you'll make three hundred thousand dollars combined income, and all you gotta do is go into work. For the man, uh, uh, every day nine to five, and you know, be on call on weekends from time to time as well. Would you consider that?
3: Depends what job it is.
2: And I want to. I would want a higher salary.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's, first of all, it, at one hundred fifty, that 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 gets us somewhere, but it doesn't get us very far, and you know that. Yeah. You know that. Um, so, but if, if it was an easier job, I mean, if I was like a painter's assistant at 150, absolutely. Why would I not? A
1: <laughs> oh, what but assistant? I'm sorry. A, what did you say? What?
3: If I was like a painter's assistant, a right? Painter's if were, assistant. like going into a studio, yeah, and <laughs> all I had to do was like a gopher grabbing some paint, Hold grabbing can, some brushes, right? <laughs> something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why would I not? That's a, it's, it's a no brainer. But if I had to go in and I was doing the type of work that I am doing today, and I didn't, I didn't like delegate the kind of time that I, I invested into it. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to give me 150. I don't know.
1: Well, don't because know. with the 150, remember, and this this is where people forget sometimes the elements of this. It's it's really a trade off. So if you if you decide yes. you're going to go into business for yourself, like the three of us have, and you're going to do your own thing, remember there are some things you also have to give up. While you're getting a little bit more. Yeah, you do get to decide when you're gonna go on vacation. And maybe you yeah. can leave the office at three o'clock without having to explain it to anybody. However, you're beholden to all the other things that could come into play from payroll to making payments for your infrastructure to being dependent on your vendors and other people you're doing things for. So there are other things that actually come into play that need to be considered. Yeah.
3: So here's the thing: I I think. I I hate, I hate to put it in perspective like this, but sometimes you're kind of, you decide whether you put on the leash or not, Hmm.
1: whether you put on the, 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 the what,
3: if you, you decide whether you're ready to put on that leash or not, whether somebody else gets to tug on the leash and how far you get to go with that leash. Yeah. Um, for us, it's, it's yeah, we might have the collar because we're still working for the money. We're still putting in, but we don't have a leash to tell us which way to guide it. We get to decide what clients we have and what clients we don't. When you go into an agency, it's the clients that they put on your table. It's the clients that they put on your desk that you don't have a decision whether you work for that client or not, whether you align with their values or not. Here, we get to decide that.
2: Yeah, And I think it matters. I mean, I think it depends on the Like, you know, I I was being a little facetious at the beginning with the the salary, but I think that it does matter in terms of what the opportunity is. If it's a right fit, if it's something that feels right, you know, that feels like it's a match for what you want to do. Like if I always think about it as a progression. So like, is it the stepping stone in the right direction of what I'm trying to do? Because I'm in my forties now. I'm not trying to work like this forever. You know, I want to, I want to enjoy my later years and I want to be able to, you know, travel and do the things that we want to do. Um, but I want to build, I know, understand that as a first generation, you know, Latino in this country, you know, we are not at the advantage where we started kind of a, at, at a starting point where we already had like an advantage. We had to kind of build from, from scratch in a way. And so we're, you know, but we're willing to do that and we're, and we're excited to do it. Yeah. Um, but the, the plan is to eventually get to the point where we're not, where we're no longer like kind of in the, in the, uh, hustle of the day to day, but we're able to kind of enjoy a little bit more of the fruits of our labor.
3: And the idea that we can take. Continue-
2: sorry.
1: I was just going to say that here on the Rick Sanchez podcast, we like to talk about business principles. And I happen to be discussing earlier, and I want to bring it back now to this because I want to see if what you guys is, what your take is on this, that one of the most important business principles is discipline. And discipline is about routines and habits. And if you can get yourself in whatever it is that you do, and especially if you're running a business, to having a certain routine where you get up at a certain time and you do a certain thing at a certain time and then you know what you're gonna do after that. That doesn't mean from time to time you you can't change it or you know change the routine somewhat, but you have to have a semblance of a routine, a semblance of a group of habits that take you through your day because that's what balances you. I believe if you don't have that, you become unbalanced, For example, if you drink too much at night, you don't get up the next morning and that already gets you on, you know, that crazy wheel that then spins you out of control. I think that's one of the most important things to being successful, whether you're running a business or not, but especially if you're running a business. Do you guys agree? And can you speak to that?
3: Yes. I actually, Juan has a really good regimen. He's very organized. As opposed to me, I can't think if I'm constantly in the house. So, like, for example, if I have like if I have no I have an important project that I have to do and I haven't like organized for it or have like for a procession of things that I need to do for it. I have to actually leave the house to be able to like focus on it. So I, ha- I can't be like around the space or in on my computer behind the desk or whatever it may be. I have to leave and Juan is completely opposite, which is why it probably works. Uh, hmm. opposite. For him, he, like, he gets up in the morning, has breakfast. Oh, you'll, you'll talk on it, right?
2: No, I'm pretty, I mean, I can be pretty disciplined in terms of, like, you yeah. know, having a set routine and kind of sticking to it, but I also try, I also understand that, you know, we're in different times these days, especially after the pandemic, so the way people work is a lot different, so I think a kind of accounting for that is also important, so part of our team that we have and that we're building is also being understanding of that, that fact, you know, mm-hmm. that in order to To do good work, you have to have a good team in order to have a good team. You have to kind of um, consider their needs and consider what it is that they want also so that, you know, you're able to retain them and keep them for a long time. So as part of my my process and my routine is is really focusing on the people that work for us so that they're that they're able to grow with us. Um, and understanding that maybe they don't stay with us forever because they, they have their own career paths but but but, really, but, but, but hold on
1: it sounds it sounds like you're a little bit all over the place on this i'm going to i'm going to put your feet to the fire on this um <laughs> it's really important for you to have a routine where you know generally speaking at the end of the day at 5:30 or 6 or 6:30 or whatever your routine happens to be fini se acabó we're done and that's it I'm not going to do a Zoom meeting at midnight. I'm not going to do a Zoom meeting at 10 o'clock. Of course, once in a while, if it's really important and a deal is dependent on it, you're going to do that. But generally speaking, you're not going to allow external forces or external needs to violate your routine. Because once you start doing that, I believe you won't be successful. You make it sound like you're trying to make room for everybody and you're screwing yourself over. I would think that's a mistake if that's what you're saying. So I'm going to challenge you on this.
2: No, no, no. No, I, I do think that there, there's a certain, I think what I struggle with is maybe the end time that I've, sometimes it's like five, sometimes it's
1: seven. <laughs> we all do. No.
2: But for the most part, you know, I do try to stick to routine and and, yeah. and I think what I do try to be more mindful of for myself is, you know, to really make, to really force myself to stop at a certain point yeah. and say, okay, no, okay, now you got to disconnect and now you got to go. with me. No, 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 Even no. But, but, just-
1: but you make a great point, Juan, bon, when you say the times, the technology, not to mention the pandemic has created these, new influences on our lives where all of a sudden everybody thinks, oh yeah, we'll just do a Zoom. Oh yeah, Zoom, Zoom. It's no big deal. It's just a Zoom. No, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. You're you're literally going to come into my living room tonight at eight o'clock at night when I'm I'm hanging around with my granddaughter and having dinner with my wife and my kids. But no, you decided it's no big deal. So we'll just have a Zoom at eight o'clock. No, go to hell, we're not having a Zoom at eight o'clock. Tomorrow, we'll have a Zoom at nine (laughs) o'clock in the morning. I mean, and I'm not, uh, and by the way, I'm not being a jerk. I understand once in a while, if you've got a West Coast guy or or a guy in Europe or something and you have to do a meeting at at eight or midnight, you do it. But don't let that become the commonplace because, you know, uh,
2: you're- Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I think that part of it is like if not knowing that not everything requires a meeting. Like, I mean, you don't just because somebody wants a meeting doesn't mean you have to hold a meeting. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as an email. It can be a text message. It can be a phone call. So I think the thing that I try to do is to use that to my advantage, you know, use technology to my advantage. Like, do we really need a, a 30 minute conversation about this on over a video call? Or do I need to drive somewhere to meet you to talk about this? Or can we just talk about it on the phone? Can you just text me what it is that you need or send me an email? And I try to be very good about managing those expectations from the people that I work with, because I'm like, I, I don't think that you want to be wasting your time in a meeting and
1: neither yep. do I. I think that's so smart what you just said. I think, and for anybody listening to us who is in business or thinking about starting a business, prioritizing your time by by creating the the proper assessment before you waste I mean, it is really important. Right. I, I, I happen to be talking to my assistant today, my manager, and she was scheduling my routine. And there was a couple of different uh, people who wanted to interview me. There was a newspaper and and another podcast that wanted to interview me. And and she said to me something. She said uh, they want to do an they want to talk to you tomorrow at four o'clock for an interview. They want to do with you next week, Wednesday at five o'clock. And I said, well, wait. So they want. <laughs> they want to have a conversation today at four o'clock about an interview we're going to do at five o'clock and you're going to see an email that's going to come across. And then I got to decide if that four o'clock works for me and then you're going to approve it. And then we're going to decide if the five o'clock works, then we're going to approve that. And, my God, we've got like <laughs> 10 messages going back and forth when you can just say, is Rick available next Wednesday to have a conversation with John Doe from the Boston Globe? He wants to talk about the Latino vote and what he expects is gonna happen in the midterms. Can he do it? Yes, five o'clock, thank you, done. I'll see you at five o'clock next yeah. Wednesday. But instead, your your point one is so appropriate we go through all this rigmarole of allowing people to do all of these gyrations of meetings for meetings and then the meeting before the meeting and the email before the meeting, and that's crazy. It's so important to control that these days because after the pandemic, that stuff has started to get in the way, Angelica.
3: Yeah, it has. It, uh, all the stuff from the pandemic has been able to get. So one of the things that I'd like to do that I wanna mention is, have you ever gone to your favorite restaurant like at two o'clock? after the whole like lunch rush and you get to enjoy the meal Yes. and that the waiter gets to give you, these are the little things that I look for being on business on our own, like on ourselves, those little things that we get to decide, we get to decide obviously lunch, right? But what time do we get to have lunch? Can I reschedule that meeting so I can go and like sit there for an hour at my favorite restaurant for an entire hour where I don't have to, I'm not being rushed to eat to go back and have my meeting or like ordering it to go. These are the little things, these are the little nuances that I love about doing business on our own, being able to leave the house, plugging into my headphones and writing tips, writing tips, writing um hmm. notes as I'm shopping groceries for a meeting that I'm going to have later. I like, this is the way I function. And the fact that the pandemic has shifted the world for us and it allowed a lot of the entrepreneurs to be able to do life differently is amazing for me.
1: Well, Here's the takeaway, I think, as I hear what you guys are saying and sharing it with so many others who might be thinking about doing something like this. Um, The world has changed. The technology has made us have to change. As a result, Mm -hmm. some of that has made things a little bit easier because let's face it, getting in your car and driving an hour to have a meeting in downtown is not necessary anymore because now you can just do a Zoom meeting. On the other hand, while it's made it easier, It has also created new constructs for us that sometimes make our life less easy because it keeps wanting to impinge on our personal time. So while we can take advantage of the technical advantages that we've developed as workers, as family members, for me as a father, for you, Angelica, as a wife and as a mother, well, great. However, we also have to deal with not letting those things get in the way of who we are. And changing us so yeah. we become less effective. So it, it's it's a constant trade off that we as Latino business people in the United States are learning, uh, you know, h- how to deal with. I think that's the takeaway.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit it. I think you hit it right on the head. I think the idea that. Uh that we can we can can you have both probably probably not it depends on what you're talking about it depends on what it is that you're aiming for what is it that you're trying to achieve what is it that you're trying to accomplish if you're actually trying to go to business are you trying to have more time with your family but you're trying to do a business like in construction trying to build you up when you know you're not going to be home that might not actually work hmm. so it all depends on like what what angle what are you trying to achieve what do you want and a lot of the times is, what do you want out of life? Do you want more time with your family? Do you want to make more money? I, I'm not here to judge, but based on whatever your answer is, is the trajectory you're going to take.
1: I mentioned earlier that you guys were kind of cute together. And uh, we've got one more clip I want to play now before we go. Okay. Of, of, <laughs> of, of you guys being mm, cute. <laughs> here we go.
3: I'm ready for you to produce a podcast. I'm ready for you to direct me on what to do. Mm. <laughs> Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. No? No, my mind just went somewhere else. But anyway. Why? What did you think about? You're like, I'm ready for you to direct me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Anyways. So, all that long introduction. That we're long argument, the that long bickering session. Sorry for you guys that were listening <laughs> or watching us. You apologize to, on your behalf. I'm not sorry. For having to like sit through this like bickering <laughs> session uh, of us like arguing mm-hmm. about the, the backstory to this.
1: Are you fascinated by the fact that that transparency, which you guys share on the air, is attractive and people somehow find it uh, endearing enough to want to continue to listen to you? Does that kind of freak you out? Like, wow. People like that okay fine we'll just be us then let's keep being us right
2: so for me it doesn't i feel like because i because i gravitate to realness like that like i grab i like to watch people like when they're when they're in those moments where you're like oh okay i can relate to that like (laughs) i can identify with what they're going through right now (laughs) because i feel like i just there's just some of the quality in it that I enjoy. Like, so I'm assuming that like maybe
3: other people enjoy it too. <laughs> I yeah. think for me it's it's like, what were they thinking? Like, I'm I'm watching them, I know it's us, and I'm thinking to myself, what are they thinking? What are they going through? Like, was were they fighting before they started recording? Are they like continuing the fight? What's going on? I don't remember that day. <laughs> I,
1: think I don't it's, remember I, that day. I, I think it's because we're living in a world where people are tired of scripted. We're tired of living in a world where we feel like things are being produced for us by forces that we don't control and that may be trying to manipulate us. So whenever we have a chance to have a conversation like we're having right now, where you can tell our thoughts are just coming to us as we're riffing, nobody's reading a script here, nobody's doing anything, I'm reacting to what you say, you're reacting to what I say, people find that more attractive now more than ever before. Mm because as you said, Juan, it just feels real. And I trust real. I don't trust packaged, produced, or as some would call it, fake. And I think that's where we are, and I think that's why you guys are working. So there there's my personal yeah. assessment. What the hell do I know? We appreciate that.
3: We appreciate that. And you. we, we, and we definitely, uh we definitely love and enjoy our listeners who tune in and especially those who, and your listeners, if they ever tune in, know and understand that we are a couple, we are a married couple that happens to be in business together. And this is the realness of us.
1: I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. They're called uh, the business. Because they talk about their business and their business is a little bit of personal stuff too. He was once Juan of words. She was once, if not you, who, then who, but now they're the business with Juan and Angelica. You guys are awesome. Hey, um, you can catch her podcast, by the way, like you can catch our podcast. Uh, it's ubiquitous, which means you can find it on Spotify You can find it on Apple. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you happen to find the three of us talking on YouTube one of these days and you like what you hear, subscribe, (laughs) as we always like to say. Hey, so listen, it's about being Latino. We like to talk about Latino issues. That's why I always say dale, um, ándale, y vamos con todo y con latitud, Latino attitude. Let's do it. Bye, guys. Thanks. God bless.
2: All right, thank Bye. you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Agua <laughs>